0: We're uh, glad you're here today. Thank you, for, thank you for coming. Thank you for hanging out with us this morning on this very special day. Uh, it is, of course, Easter, and, and our faith hinges on this day. I, I, don't know, I don't know if a lot of Christians, I'm afraid, miss just how important Easter is. Like It, it, it separates our faith from, from any other faith on the planet, in the universe. Uh, I mean, it, it is, it's an amazing thing. Uh, what we know is history, is fact, is what has happened, uh, and what God has done in intervening in history, and, and all of those things, uh, and and that's that's Easter is the culmination of that, and, and we'll be talking about that uh, today. In fact, uh, today we're talking about treasure. Uh, that's kind of the theme for this morning is uh, talking about treasure. And uh, I don't know if you like treasure or not, but I, I like treasure, uh, and uh, one of my one of my favorite things to do. Uh, is to hunt for stuff. I love I loved the hunt for years. Uh, it was, you know, old cars and backyards and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, just, you know, just, you're just looking, you know, for, you know, treasure. And uh, to kind of go along with Easter, uh, which uh, happens this year to also be April Fool's, uh, is, uh, which also happens to be Chad Cron's birthday, which is so fitting if you know Chad Cron. Um, but uh, uh, you know, along along with that, you know, as as a kid, <coughs> as a kid on Easter, when you know we were looking for treasure on Easter, it was it was in what's 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 in the egg, right? You know, what's what's in these eggs? You know, can we find these eggs? Who can find the most eggs? We went to the to the na- to the community Easter egg hunt yesterday, which was pretty awesome, and 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 got to you know see our kids hunt eggs and stuff. You know, but, you know, just seeing those kids like just, and they're just, I mean, you know, and, and you're watching some of these parents. Like, some of these parents are like, I'm going to get out there and knock them other kids down. And uh, I've been, I've actually been to a, a Cheatham County Easter egg hunt once where, where that did happen. <coughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty awesome thing. And, uh, and I'm not interested in promoting the bunny today or anything, but uh, I will promote candy. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, you know, I want to talk about this morning, you know, one of the things that, you know, as a kid, when we were looking at, you know, trying to find those eggs and what's in those eggs and that kind of thing, you know, we would, we'd pull these eggs out and, and you know, see, see what's in them, see what's inside of them, you know, all these different kinds of eggs and different kinds of candy that you would get, you know. And uh, so, like, you know, you'd, sometimes you get, like, the you remember, like, the little flat, you know, pieces of chocolate. Those are, those are pretty good, you know. Uh, sometimes they have nuts, and I'm not a real big fan of that. It's like, I'm not sure how old those nuts are, being that it's Easter candy. You know, there's part of me that really believes that all Easter candy is, like, hanging out on a shelf all year round. And, like, you know, whatever they don't sell this year, they put it back on the shelf, and then they bring it back out next year. I don't know. Um, you know, but, and you remember, like, the little flat uh, pirate coins? You remember that? you know, there's you some treasure right there, you know, so so you got, you know, you got candy like that, uh, and then you got, you know, uh, candy like this, this is of course, this is the uh, the Cadbury egg, <sighs> let's just, let's just be honest about this, this is the April Fools of candies on Easter, all right, this is, this is the orange and black peanut butter candies of Easter, right, I mean, that's, that's, that's what this is, I mean, Nobody's eating this. We'll give that to the band or something, you know, you know. And then, and then you got oh yeah no see it's in a baseball so that means it's good. Uh, you know you've got the uh, you got the uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, the little mini ones. This is actually the off brand, but we'll go with it, okay? You know, and uh, and then you know as a kid you know also you'd have you'd have stuff oh like like this guy remember the, the little rabbits you know those are good those are good and and th- these are really good but th- but there's one better. There's one better. You know what it is? No? Oh my gosh, I'm about to change your life. Apparently, y'all didn't grow up as children. So, so this is it. The Peter Rabbit. See, some of you don't even know what you're missing right now. Now, so so they make like the they make the solid chocolate bunnies. You know what I'm talking about? But these are the hollow chocolate bunnies. And, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what they put in them. But they're better. Okay? And, and as a kid, I'll never forget. Like, you're breaking the ears off, you know. And, you know, like, it's falling down inside the thing. And, and you know, and if, you're, if you're good, you can make this last, like, three dinners or something. You know, like, put it, put it in the fridge or whatever. As a kid, my mom loves telling this story. As a kid, I wouldn't eat the eyes but I also wouldn't throw them away. So they, like, laid in the refrigerator, like, looking at you when you'd open. I'm, ser- I'm dead up serious. You asked my mama about that. I wouldn't eat that carrot either. I don't trust that. You know, what, what is that? <laughs> but but we dress up, you know, like, all the pieces of chocolate are, like, falling down in there. And then you're trying to get them out because you're not ready to break the whole thing apart. You know, you want to save it for, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But you're, like, all trying to, like, get them in there. Like, sticking your tongue down in it and stuff, you know. The Peter Rabbit, that was the treasure of the Easter candy, you know? You know, and you'd have like the big baskets, you remember the big, ba- the big plastic baskets with like the, the stupid toys that would like break in five seconds, you know? And it would be like, you know, a pair, you know, if you got the boys' basket, it would be like a pair of, you know, nunchucks and like some handcuffs or something, because nothing says he has risen like some, you know, handcuffs and <laughs> <laughs> nunchucks that don't last five seconds. Treasure! So we're talking about treasure this morning, and I want to talk about the real treasure. In fact, if you've got a Bible with you, go ahead and open it. If you don't have a Bible, uh, our ushers will bring you one. We'd love for you to be able to follow along with us in Scripture. We're going to the book of Mark, one of the Gospels. Uh, the Gospels uh, are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are four accounts of the life of Jesus. Uh, and Mark's account, a little different than the others. We've been studying through the book of Mark. We've been talking about... Him and and talking about uh, his writing the book of Mark. Uh, By the way, if you don't own a Bible, we want you to keep that one. Take it as a gift. Let let uh, let God speak to you through it. We believe wholeheartedly that it is His Word. We'd love for you to own a own a Bible of your own. Uh, But uh, but uh, Mark, you know, a little interesting, you know, tidbit. We think that we think, you know, we're not sure, uh, but we think that this is really the account from Peter. Uh, that Mark is pinning, and they were buddies, and that, you know, Mark was writing this while Peter was telling it to him. And, uh, and so there's interesting little tidbits. We see even one of those even today uh, in this passage of scripture that kind of lead us to believe that as you read through the book of Mark. But either way, it's one of the accounts of the life of Jesus and the work and ministry uh, that he was doing. And so this morning we're looking uh, at this passage in the book of Mark, and, and in this passage we are. Um, We're kind of jumping into uh, this part of uh, the story, of history, of what happened. And up to this point, what has happened is what we talked about Friday night. We talked about Jesus coming, the Son of God, being sent by the Father to give His life on the cross. From the very get-go, Jesus knew that that was the plan. From the very get-go, He knew that. Uh, you know, and, and I think we 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 know that we we remember that, and I think that we think about all of the the physical parts of that, but but there's so much more to what Jesus went through for us. So you take Garden of Gethsemane. I read a thing uh, written by J.D. Greer this this week about the Garden of Gethsemane and what Jesus was going through. Uh, Psychologically, and the things that happened, and when he prayed, and the things that he saw—if you remember—he prayed like three times. God, is there another way? Father, is there another way? And and I'm just telling you, Jesus saw terrible things in that moment. He—he, you know, we're talking about—we're talking about our Savior. We're talking—he—he knew, but there, there were there were pieces that I believe that that God the Father revealed to him in that moment that that just absolutely put him in a place he saw. He saw all of hell coming down on him through the cross. And Jesus, he went to the cross. He went to the cross for us. He faithfully and humbly went and gave his life for us. And you see, this is why that's important. You see, as, as believers, we understand something to be true that we see in Scripture, which is that we are sinners. Uh, if you didn't know... We're all sinners. Maybe, maybe you believe that Christians think that they're perfect. Uh, maybe, maybe you've met some Christians that think they're perfect. I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if that's, if, that's your, if that's your outlook on who Christians are, who believers are, uh, that's not this church. Everybody at this church knows that we're a bunch of stinking sinners who need a Savior. We're not perfect. We know we're not perfect. We know that our sin, Scripture teaches us, separates us from God. And we know that there needs to be something done on our, you know, how how could it be on our behalf? What it is, he had to do something. You see, the 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 penalty for sin is death. So what was God to do? God sent his son to die a death that we should have died, that we might have salvation in Christ. And all we have to do is believe in him. And it's a gift. It's a gift. We can't earn it. It's an amazing thing. So, I, I want to jump into this. Mark, Mark uh, 16 uh, picks up after Jesus has gone to the cross, after all of this has happened, uh, we, we, see, we see what God is, is doing in this moment through His Son. Mark 16.1, it says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so they might go and anoint Him. So they're going to the tomb where the body of Jesus had been laid. And they are planning on anointing it with these spices to help it to smell better, that kind of thing, to make this a place where people can come and remember who He was. They're in mourning. They're in mourning. And I think for us this morning, I think that that's important to remember as we're looking at this you know, I think that we just assume that they understood exactly what was going on. They did not. They did not, and we know that because of of their responses to the things that happened hereafter. Okay, and and so it goes on. It says in verse two, and very early in the on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb, and they were saying to one another, "Who will roll the stone away for us from the entrance of the tomb?" And looking up they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. So here they go to see their friend. This person who has done for them. You take Mary Magdalene alone. I mean... What Jesus did for her, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but he cast like seven demons out of her, changed her life completely. Like, I mean, you want to talk about somebody who gave her life to Jesus, you know, after she was saved, after she trusted and believed in him. Like, he changed her life. She gave her life to the ministry of Christ. At that point forward, you see Mary do nothing but just try to follow Jesus, help him do whatever she can. Uh, Just an amazing testimony. They go. To see the body of their friend. And what they find is a dude sitting there in a white robe, and they were alarmed. Verse 6 it says, And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. He has risen. He is not here. We know from the other Gospels, that this is an angel that has come to let him know what's going on. And I find it interesting, some of the things that he says, in fact, seeing right after this, it says, see the place where they laid him, but go, tell his disciples and Peter <coughs> that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out, and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. I find it interesting. One of the things that the angel says to these folks, he says, "Go and tell the disciples and Peter." Well, Peter was one of the disciples. I think. I think that this is one of those. I think this is one of those pieces that we have probably, again, I'm not saying it is for sure, but that probably that this was Peter's rendition of what happened. And apparently, the angel said specifically to them, you know, go tell the disciples and Peter, make sure you tell Peter. And when they came to Peter, they apparently communicated to him, Peter, they said to go tell the disciples and you, specifically. Now this is, this is interesting, considering what just happened, and we just had, you know, remember Peter was going to deny Jesus three times and all that kind of stuff, and he did and and, and so and we've got, other, we've got other parts you know and other gospels where we see this conversation between Jesus and Peter you know and and you know feed my sheep and all this stuff and you know Jesus you know that I love you and all this kind of thing i mean it's just this it's it's almost kind of like even there there's this moment of redemption and and Jesus tells Peter Peter i'm going to send you out and you're going to build my church the guy who denied him the guy who denied him how many times in our lives have we denied god himself just straight up, just we know we know we we know we've gone the opposite way with something that we know God wanted us to go this way. We're like, yeah, I'm going to do this instead. You know, that's sin. That's that's just that's the essence of sin. The essence of sin is that we make ourselves God and we think that we know better than He does. You say, Chris, we talk a lot about sin. Yeah, we do, and 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 here's why: because we got to own it. We got to own it, and we can't pretend like it's not around. You see, Jesus understood something about sin. He understood that it destroys. He understood that it hurts us. You know, I think for so many of us, you know, I, I think that you know we we forget that sin is a problem. Instead of just something you know and we, and we love to we love to make like we got big we got big sins, we got little sins, you know and we you know, we, we kind of like compartmentalize our sins you know and and the, tr- and the truth is is that they're all they're all doing damage. It doesn't matter if it's big, if it's small, it's doing damage. and generally like in here, it's doing damage even even that we can't see. we love to talk ourselves and believe in, oh my sin's not bothering you know, anybody else. no it's changing us. Which means it's changing who we are to the people around us. And we've got to get that. And Jesus came to help us. He came to help us understand that. He is the God of mercy. You think about the mercy that God has shown us in our lives. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And and God the Father understood that sin needed an antidote and that there was only one antidote and His name is Jesus. We couldn't go to that cross and die on our behalf. There was no way. We needed the perfect sacrifice. Jesus lived that perfect life. He is the only sacrifice. And He understood something for us that we didn't understand for ourselves, and that's that sin destroys. This old world that we live in, it hurts us, doesn't it? I mean, some days it hurts. I've been hurt in the last few weeks by this world. You know, and, it, and it's real easy to get bitter at life or get mad at God or whatever. But, you know, here's, here's the beauty of it God still has mercy on us through those. Hey, we, we can get mad. I've been mad at God. I've shouted at God. I remember moments in my life when, you know, I've been upset and I'm, God, what are you doing? And what are you thinking? And why am I going through this? And all this. But you know what? He has shown me mercy. He has shown me mercy. And and something that He understands that we have a hard time with is that, yeah, this world hurts us, but this world is not our home. This world is not it. He is going before us and He is preparing for us a better place. He is the God of love and comfort. And He is doing for us what we can't do. He's making a place for us to live eternally sin destroys. And you see, Jesus came. Jesus came because he wanted us. Part, part of it is it obviously for the, the, the salvation piece, which is hugely important, of course. Uh, but another piece of why Jesus came for us is to help us to see that sin destroys. What, what happened to when we were kids and everybody made treasure maps? Do you remember that? Am I the only one that made treasure maps when I was a kid? Who, who else made a treasure map when you were a kid? Just What is wrong with that whole section of people over there? Did y'all not watch the Goonies? Come on. By the way, Stranger Things is the modern day Goonies. You can quote me on that. You don't have to clap for it. but what? <laughs> thing, thing, Things I'll be known for quoted for on Easter at 24. Preacher makes whatever. I'm an idiot. So, you know, when I was a kid, man, we made treasure maps. I remember going in my backyard and digging a hole and putting something in it and covering it back up and then walk however many paces to the tree and then over to the, to the swing set and, you know, all this stuff and to the back door of the house, you know, and then my friend come over, you know, and they'd come over and be like, hey, check this out. What's that? Treasure map. Really? Yeah. Is is it a real treasure map? Yeah. Yeah, it's a real treasure map. They'd be like, Did you make it? No, I found it. <laughs> they're like, they're like, are you sure? Because it looks like notebook paper that you just burn the edges of with a lighter. Well, I think it's real, but there's only one way to find out. So let's go see if there's treasure. Where where's it go? My backyard. <laughs> and we go out there and dig it up and he'd be like, Really? You put Hulk Hogan in the ground or something, you know? You know, the treasure map thing is so applicable to Scripture for us. And, 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 here's, and here's, here's a problem that I think that's happened across the globe with how people view the Bible. People, people somewhere along the way started deciding that the Bible must be rules and regulations because God just wants to keep His thumb on everybody. Because that's who God is. You know, he's just, he's just an old guy up there who's kind of grumpy and he doesn't want you to run in his house and all these kinds of things, you know, and, and we're just gonna keep our thumb, we keep everybody, you know, you know, do this, do And and that is not it at all. It's not it at all. Jesus comes for us to understand that when he gave us this, that he's giving us the treasure map. To freedom in Christ, to no longer be slaves to sin. You, you see, he's the creator. He, he knows about all the stuff. And he's looking at the sin. And he's going, he, he's not going, oh, tisk, tisk, you know, another sin. No, he's his heart is breaking for us when we fall into sin. His heart is breaking for us because he knows that it's hurting us, he knows that it destroys, and he sends his son Jesus to come and change the world and help us to see that that sin is destroying us and He wants to set us free from the sin of this world. Jesus loves you. He loves sinners like me and you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that absolutely amazing? not a book of rules and regulations it is quite the opposite it is the love letter to our freedom it is the map to the greatest treasure and that is Jesus himself we're looking for the answers most of our sin is us looking for the answers you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go over here and get I'll be happy if I do that I'm gonna find this thing and that'll make me happy for right now oh what's that oh yeah I could do that yeah I think I think that would be fun yeah yeah And the whole time, God's just going, man, I love you. Don't do that. I don't want you to get burned. I don't want you to be hurt. I want you to be fulfilled in the life, the life that I have planned for you. I want you to be fulfilled in the life of bringing me glory and being light into this world that other people would know Jesus because they know us. And you may be here today and you may say, Chris, I'm... I got to be honest with you. I'm just coming in here today and I just feel like the world has beat me to a pulp. I got a verse for you Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says, This, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I and I will give you rest. Pursue Jesus, run after the treasure, run after it. Run after it like it's going to make you a millionaire. He is the only one that will bring you that comfort. He is the only one who will give you peace. Romans 6 says this It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin and grace, uh, in sin that grace may abound? This was. Uh, Paul's response to somebody saying, Oh, well, if we have grace in Jesus, we can just keep on sinning. We can just keep doing whatever we want to. And Paul's like, No, 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 no. No, 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 no. He's like, Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? No. He says, Verse 2 By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? baptized into Jesus, were baptized into His death. We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. He's he's saying this, that that in the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we, we have died to our old selves and we have been made new. He wants to make you new. He wants to make me new. Verse 5 For I, for if, I'm sorry, for if we have been united with him in death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. So, our sin doesn't just die with the death of Jesus, but we get a resurrection in His resurrection. What's that talking about? That's talking about eternal life, my friends. That's talking about we are going to live forever. Forever. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? That sounds crazy. But it's the truth. It says, if we were united with Him in death like this, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like this. Verse 6, we know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. We would no longer be enslaved to sin. you You see, Jesus came and we get the treasure map to help us to see the truth. That in the work of what God did in sending his son to die for us, we have been set free. Free. Free from sin. You see, the moment in which we receive Jesus as our Savior, in that moment, when we have believed on him to be our Savior, we've been set free from sin. Sin no longer has control over you. Did you know that? Now Satan doesn't want you to believe that. He wants you to think that you'll always, you'll always, you, oh yeah, you're going to, you know, people are always going to look at you as this, you know, that identify you with your sin. Keeps going. Verse 7, for one who has died has been set free from sin. If we die in Christ, we have been set free from sin. Verse 8, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, and that's eternity, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. He doesn't have to go back and do it again. It's not a do-over. There's no overtime. It's just boom. It's done. Death no longer has dominion over Him, it says. Death no longer has dominion over him, And in verse 10 it says, For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And in verse 11, check this out. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You know what that means? I'm about to tell you something that may change your life. That means this. In Christ, you've been made new. That sin that you think that the world is always going to attach to you, that you think is your identity, I am here to tell you today, it is no longer your identity. Your identity is in Jesus. You may have been known as the adulterer. You may have been known as the murderer. You may have been known for something else. I don't know. It doesn't matter because in the moment when you believe in Christ and He has changed your life and set you free from sin, your identity is no longer those things. It is in you are His. Your identity is in Jesus so much, so much that when God the Father looks at us on our day of judgment, that when He looks at us, He's going to see Jesus He's going to see the righteousness of Christ. He's going to see His perfection. He's not going to see us and all of our issues that we had our whole life. And He's going to say, You are my son. You are my daughter. Welcome home. Your identity cannot be in your sin. If Jesus is your savior. We are now sinners redeemed by the blood of Christ. And united in him through the empty tomb. You see the tomb. The tomb changes everything. It changes everything. No other faith in the world. No other religion has what we have with this. Jesus died and Jesus rose again. He has risen. He is not here. (laughs) That's like the angel saying, you know what? Jesus rose from the dead and he was going to wait for you guys to come by, but he had stuff to do. He's out making appearances. You'll catch him soon in town. He's already gone before you. The resurrection shows us that the sacrifice was accepted. It's done. Jesus did not come back from the dead. Jesus did come back from the dead. Which tells us that the death was the death that was needed for our sin. For the sin of this world to trust in Him. Because again, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The best news that we can get today is this, folks. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves sinners. And guess what? That's who we are. So that's who we need. And here's the great part. He, he, Jesus doesn't work on a system where like you know, oh, oh well, I'm speaking your heart now and then I'm going to want you to get some stuff cleaned up and you get some stuff straightened and come back to me and we're going to make this happen. No, 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 no. No, G- Jesus doesn't work on that kind of system. He doesn't say, hey, you go run some laps and then you'll be ready for the team. He says, I want to take you right now just like you are with all of your issues and with all of your sin and I want to change your life because that's the business that he's in. And when Jesus took the cross, all of hell came down on him. And his blood poured out for our sins. And he gave up his breath for us. He he went ahead and did whatever it was that he saw when he prayed to God in the Garden of Gethsemane. He went ahead and did it. Because he loves us. And He is to be glorified. The Father is to be glorified. He is to be made known. He is to be made famous. And you're like, why in the world has God got to be made famous? Well, because He loves us. Because if He doesn't make Himself famous to us, because He loves us and He cares for us, He wants us to find forgiveness of our sin. And it only comes through Jesus. One of my favorite songs has this one line and it says this. It says, Dying you destroyed our death. Rising, you restored our life. Maybe you're sitting here today, and maybe today you need your life restored. Maybe you don't even know what that looks like right now, and you're thinking, you know what? All I know is that my life has been a messed up mess for a long time. Restoration sounds kind of nice. I'm here to tell you there's only one way, and it's through Jesus. It's not through a church. It's not through a person here Is through Jesus and what he's done. But he loves you and he wants to do that work in your life. It is not the nails that held him to to the cross. It was love. True friends don't leave and Jesus stayed there for you and me. He could have left and he didn't. We are treasured by him. We are treasured by him. And real treasure maps... Lead to real treasure. And guess what, folks? He is the greatest treasure. And today he's saying, pursue me. Run after me. Come to me, all who are weary. Let me give you rest. If you're here today and you want someone to talk with you about what it means to believe in Christ, to trust in Him, We would love to do that after the service. We'll be down here as long as we need to be. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you anytime, whenever, whenever. Don't, don't ignore the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. If If God is speaking to you today, listen to Him. Let Him restore you today. He is our greatest treasure. Let's pray. God, thank you for what you've done for us. God, help us to trust in you, to believe in you. You are enough. God, remind us of that every day of our life. God, thank you for the work that you've done through your son, Jesus. God, help us to live a life that glorifies you and to make you our treasure. God, for anyone that's here today and listening to this that hasn't trusted in you, God, I pray that today they would see that you are the ultimate treasure, Lord. Change their lives, save their souls. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. In your name we pray, amen.